Welcome back, people. It is episode 29 of season three of the Taxi Squad podcast. We have a very personal, strange and unusual this week. We're going to talk about the last major of the year, some college football drama, some baseball drama, and some NFL review in free agency, the Madden 99 Club, and where are some of these free agent running backs going to end up? Vince, we are back. We're back. How are you uh, doing, man? Yeah, How are doing, you? I'm not doing great. It's Usually been a I'm while. like, I'm pretty good. Pretty good, man. Um obviously you have the update, but let's we'll update the people. So we can just roll right into this strange and unusual right now. Um this week, a very fun time going to a client uh golf outing. <laughs> I go to get in my car and damned if it didn't just get completely stolen. Dude, um, where's my car? Yeah, that's literally what it was. <laughs> it was really fucked up. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming most people haven't had this feeling, but going to your car and it not being there is a horrible <laughs> feeling. Um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know. I have a Hyundai. So I guess it's been a thing. Uh, people have been posting videos on how to break into Hyundai. So the Hyundai, like percentage of Hyundais getting stolen recently has gone through the roof. Uh, essentially, yeah, I, I parked it at night. I didn't check it. Um, until the morning, obviously. And at that point it was long gone. I checked all my tickets to make sure I didn't have a bunch of speeding tickets where they can just repo that shit or something. That obviously wouldn't be the case. Uh, I, my dad's like, were you hammered or something? Did you move it? I'm like, no dad, I'm responsible. (laughs) So I didn't do that. Uh, put in a police report and ended up finding it in Garfield park, uh, about it's a great area later. Yeah. It's a great great area. Wonderful area area to get like, find your, your car, you know? So that gets moved to the pound. I uh, find out that my back passenger side window has been smashed in and the console under the driver's side is pulled out and nice and hot wired the way that you want it to be. So I'm having so they a bad hot week. Wired it. They hot I think wired so. It. It's either that or they just pulled out the ignition and, and started it that way. Whatever was easier. I assume probably actually the ignition. Um but yeah, so my key doesn't work in it anymore. It's at the repair shop, and I'm driving a truck. Hell right yeah. Now. Yeah, I'm a pickup truck guy. So did they totally gut, like, the whole thing? Or was there any, like, did they steal the catalytic converter? I, I know your your poor thing, your your golf clubs were in the trunk. I yeah, mean, I, does, dude, the, does that get covered under insurance? I know I'm kind of rubbing some salt. It's but. still, yeah, it's still, uh, it's still up for... What insurance is going to say, because they're going to give me an estimate on what's going to happen here uh, shortly, probably tomorrow. So, yeah, my golf clubs are gone. That was I mean, I know the car is worth way more than the golf clubs, but that was the worst part about the whole thing. Because I'm like, ah, fuck, I was supposed to go golfing like three times in the next like four weeks. And looks like I'm going to either have to golf guy. Or yeah. ditch, yeah. But this is gonna be the true test because I'm gonna have to buy a new set and start start from the beginning. But um, for people that don't know, golf clubs are expensive, and yeah. I am I am sad about that whole thing. So yeah, it wasn't. So I don't think the catalytic converter was taken. I don't believe so. Wow. Um, I got to see it for the first time today. It was like seeing a baby in the hospital. It was it was very depressing for me um, to see that. But. Yeah, well, we got it started. What if it's like a newborn, right? Wouldn't that be, the, you know, that's a happy time, but this is like, oh, if it was born already. Okay, right. I'm, it's I'm like if your kid if your down. kid got like taken or something and then all of a sudden they ended up in the hospital, you're like, Jesus, this is fucking horrible. Um, yeah, so whole situation's bad. Uh, 
yeah, that whole the whole ignition's messed up. I got to get a new key to put into it. It's it's a whole mess, but I don't think it's totaled, which is which is good, I guess. So I'll get that car back. But part of me wanted to buy a new one, so I don't know. Not fun. It's a double edged sword. You know, I got this text message on Monday morning, and it was a simple, wasn't good morning, wasn't anything. It was just a straight, bro, my car got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. But the good thing is, Vince, is that you're okay. I didn't get car jacked. You I wasn't didn't driving. get car yeah. jacked or touched inappropriately or potentially shot, you know? So, right? yeah. you know, True. That that is the most... Uh, beneficial thing we can take from this whole thing as long as you're good it's a car it can be replaced and it is you know one of those things where you're like "Eh, i wouldn't mind having a new car i mean who doesn't i mean a new car is one of the greater things that you can do in life for you know a matter of like immediate happiness it's like four weeks and like then it's like okay now it's normal now it's my car but still yeah yeah well you are gonna be okay we're gonna get through this but I'm all right. This is honestly the first time this week where I can just sit back, relax, have fun, talk some sports and get my mind off of it because it's been only stolen car for me the last couple days. Well, I've had a car towed before, so that's fun. So I kind of know the feeling, right? Where it's just gone. Yeah. It's just like I came outside one day and I was like, dude, where's my car? The nice part about it was was that my brother's good friend was actually the GM of the tow company, so I actually mm. got it back on the arm, which was nice. Right? That's, That's why it's good amazing. to have uh, family friends who own towing companies or who That's manage how I, them. I got a family friend that runs the repair shop. He knows the guy that did the tow. They all gave me a good deal on it and everything, so I can't complain. Got my car out of the tow yard three days before it was supposed to, so... You know, people are helping out where they need to. All my friends are gracious and awesome, and I appreciate them all. But, you know, it's a shitty situation. I'm a big karma guy. Don't know about you. So you like karma to think, like, thing. hey, hey, some shit happens here. Those people here. are going to get theirs. Yep, they will. And then hopefully something good will happen to me in the next couple, next coming weeks. So it is what it is. I hope to get her back soon and go back to normal life. But, yeah, it was. it has been a messy week for me. Just like most of all Italian-American men who live in the Midwest, they got a guy. Oh, yeah. This right? guy knows this guy. I got a guy. This guy's going to help me. I got out. a guy. Yeah, that's, Don't worry about that's it. exactly what it was. You know? That's exactly I got a guy. Right? Yeah, it's like, oh, I know this dude that does that for that. I think he can probably help you out. I'll get you it on the low. And then you I get got there a guy. And you're, like, you're the man. I got a guy. Like, oh, go Vinny? pick up the car in the arm, Vince. Story. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know Mikey. Tones from down the street. So I think I'm going to hook up Vinny with a nice price. I'm like, thanks, guy. guy. Thanks, guy. I appreciate it. See? <laughs> yeah. Pays the no people in this part of the world. You see? It's true. So, Vince, I know you're excited about, you know, getting on the golf course with you know some new clubs and that's yeah. going to be exciting and <laughs> right. to stay on sure. topic of golf uh you know tiger because we're a big fan of the tiger pod mm-hmm. um you know tiger most recently his ex-girlfriend decided to drop the 30 million dollar lawsuit because she didn't have fucking like to stand on so right. that's yeah. cool shout out that was tiger. funny when that came out too is we that's exactly what we said it's like oh she signed an nda she's all pissed off she's gonna sue him and we're like for what yeah, like what are you Can like you, you sue somebody for breaking up with you? <laughs> like, what? Right. Did he do it nicely? No. Was it kind of fucked up what he did? Sure. Yeah. Not illegal. <laughs> None of it's illegal, nor can she get money off a settlement on that. So I think she was trying to strong arm them and they were like, You have no case. And she was like, Oh, okay, I'll just drop it. 
Yeah, she had not a leg to stand on. And, you know, we thought Tiger's hoe phase was over, but it's still uh-uh. in full swing. I mean, Dude, he is still hoeing, hoeing. man. Hoes be hoeing, man. Hoes be hoeing and Tiger be hoeing, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's he's just throwing it around. Single dad Trying to make type. another child prodigy. Maybe. You know, Charlie. Charlie yeah, Charlie's a dog. He's going to be great. He, he may have, uh, you know, that, that extra gene that that Tiger didn't, you know? He He's could, that. yeah, where where he doesn't make horrible choices and ruin his career. <laughs> That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> Although, you know, his dad was a womanizer, too. So oh, yeah. Well, that's where it genetic. all stemmed from. Yeah, I remember when they were doing all, like, the docs and stuff about it. It's like, what happened to Tiger? And it's like, well, his dad was kind of a womanizer. And, like, that was the thing with MJ, too. It's just like, I guess you just you go around a bunch of alpha males that like to bang, and then all of a sudden you're, like, the prodigy of a sport. I guess that's how it works. Yeah, his dad would like bring him. Like his dad had like a like a Winnebago. Yeah, as creepy as that sounds. And he would like go to like lo- local golf courses and like where his members and all this good stuff. And like would you know take women into the camper. Reminds me of the scene in uh, with Will Ferrell from uh, not Talladega Nights with Kenny Powers. Let the boy watch. <laughs> I start. Is that a? Uh... Is that eastbound and down? Eastbound and down. Yeah. Let the boy watch. There you go. Dude, I've been actually pretty weak on a lot of the references you've been putting in the last couple weeks. I'm on that shit. <laughs> oh, that great shit. show. Kenny yeah. Powers is, is a legend. In, I in truly started watching that like a week ago. It's a great show. It. Yeah, it's awesome. He's it's a, a tremendous man, show. Man. I mean, it really is. Because Righteous Gems, dude. Have you watched any of that? I know this isn't a show pod, but... Haven't gotten into the righteous Dude, gems. I've been yeah. uh, got one, one more season of um, of the Sopranos right now. Uh, so almost finished with the Sopranos. Dies which at the is, end. Supposedly, maybe, maybe. it's no. open to discussion how the Sopranos <laughs> yeah. end. Like I've watched it in the past, and I definitely de- have a de- like good understanding of what might have happened. And it's open to interpretation. That's why they give you. I think that, they right? had a dinner and then he went home. It's like the end of Inception, right? The end of Inception, the the top is spinning, and then it cuts. And And then you're like, does it go down? Is Is he dreaming? Is he not dreaming? It wiggles a little bit. He could still be in the dream. Who knows? Somebody kicked the chair into the bathtub. Right. Although. Nobody knows. You know, Tony Soprano's fucking eating somewhere that wasn't Italian food. So it could have been a dream, too. You know, That's good. Right, you're good at that. He, Damn. yeah, good for you. you think so, oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I don't know. A lot of it though is interesting because a lot of things are, you know, I'm at the end of season five right now. It's starting to get heavy. Johnny Sack and him, the division's starting to go. Mm, Bill's brother gets yet? whacked. Uh, no, he's not in jail yet. That's the beginning of season six where he okay. goes to jail and then he gets cancer. Like Uncle June's really not in season five. Right. But he comes back in season six and he has Alzheimer's and it's all that good stuff. So it's a tremendous show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adriana just got whacked. Aww. You know, it's just a rundown. You felt bad for her in a way. But then again, she should have just split if she was going to just split. Just be gone. You always you always feel feel bad for her in that show because it's just like she gets so screwed. <laughs> she also yeah, absolutely. Stop trusting people. She knows what she's dealing with. <laughs> Yeah, uh, those people aren't necessarily the most trustworthy. That one, and then what's also on the list, and what what Vince told me to watch last week, which we will get into, is the QB show, which was yeah. outstanding. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to breaking that down. 
But Vince, we do have some golf talk ahead of us, you know, just yep. not Tiger doing his whole thing out there in the world. But we definitely have some golf topics on the pod this week. So this is the last major of the year, correct? And it yeah, is the, the British PGA Open. Moving across the pond. Yeah. They're going to go play in Britain. I guess they were just uh, at the Scottish. Um, the Scottish, Rory McIlroy won that one. And I know we've, I've, I like my Irish brethren. I, uh, I want him to succeed. And this seems like a prime spot for him to do that since he was born in the United Kingdom, technically in Northern Ireland. Uh, it seems it seems like he may be the favorite. And let me tell you, he is. Uh, he's the favorite right now at plus 525. Um, wow. Scotty Scheffler, third John Rom for Mr. Ricky Fowler, swag guy that you don't agree with, but I do. Um, he's also Why is up he there. A swag guy? I don't. He wears the orange, same baby. color. Orange, baby. I mean, it was cool when he had like a kind of like the weird like flow thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. That's the only thing I could say. Good habits die hard or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Tommy Fleetwood rounds out the fifth there, but um, it seems like it's Rory's to win. It's been nine, almost 10 years where he hasn't won a damn time out. Did you mean to say old habits die hard? That's probably what it was. Yeah. You know, someone. You know, someone's good uh, garbage is someone's good, you know, bad on garbage. You know, that's yeah. that's what my that's, dad taught me way back in the that day. Was, someone's good. <laughs> that was bad. That's a Trailer Park Boy reference for anybody yeah. who doesn't yes. listen to that show but or Certainly. watch that show. But it's a good one. This is a show pod today. Um, this is a show pod. Beautiful course. Beautiful course they're playing this year. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it. I think since I can't play right now, I'm just going to live vicariously through the guys. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Rory win this one. Why not? Okay. Rory. Interesting. Now, what about Brooks Kepka? I heard he Brooks, might be a favorite in this one. Brooks Kepka is a very good golfer. As we know, he really gets up. It seems like in these majors and like very important majors, he right now is, I believe top 10, if I'm not mistaken, five, six, seven, he's the eighth in odds right plus now. Plus 1800. Eight. I've seen that, and Rory's actually plus seven fifty on Fanduel. Oh, it might be a good bet for some trying yeah. to lock in a little action. Might be yeah. a fun thing to watch. It's on this weekend, right? This upcoming weekend. Yes, sir. It starts on the twentieth. Oh, so that is so going to be tomorrow on the day that you're listening to this, because I know you guys all listen on Thursday. We all listen Thursday. We don't have a choice, people. You know what I'm saying? And then there's some yeah. people who might listen on Fridays. I know. Who and knows? if it is, enjoy it today. Enjoy it. Yeah, today. enjoy it on this lovely day. But in your eyes, Vince, so you want Rory to win. Yeah. Now, these things are a crapshoot because they play each round. What? There's three rounds in total they play? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Rory's hometown tourney pressure's on. Is there a potential dark horse? Because Ricky Fowler, I'm reading a lot. Everybody's like, Ricky's back and Ricky's well, doing yeah, his thing. They're both having renaissance years. Yep. Okay. I would like to see, not that it's a dark horse, I guess on the lines it's a dark horse, but he's been in the in the media a lot just in general. I want to see Max Homa pull one out. I feel like he plays really good golf. I feel like he's been very like accurate this year, and he's just not, he's not hitting the putts that he needs to hit. Um, so part of me feels like if he just kind of figures it out one time, it could work out really well for him. He's been improving aggressively year after year. One Max thing I will Homa. say about 
yeah, Max Homa, he's the man. One thing I will say about Brooks Kepka is he's playing with his nemesis, Patrick Cantlay. Do you remember this? Uh, right before the Masters, when he, it was, or actually, it was the Masters. Patrick Cantlay was in front of him, and he was taking forever because he takes a long time. His pace of play is absolute horseshit, and it messed Brooks Kepka up. And now Brooks Kepka gets to play with the man. And I feel like it's not going to be anything good for Mr. Brooks, so I probably would avoid throwing money down on him. Could be so wrong. Would there, is, could there be a potential fist fight between him and Cantlay? It depends on how long it takes for Cantlay to set up you know, his two fists because it might take like fucking 15 minutes for him to do that. Brooks will already be over it. Um, oh, so no. he's kind of like the judge in um, Caddyshack where he takes forever to set the fuck up. Is right. that right? That's exactly okay. what it is. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that ends up playing out. I mean, realistically, if one of them makes the cut or whatever, it's gonna they're gonna change up their grouping. But for the first the first group on the first day, it, it might be a little tough for Brooks Kapka to get get past that. I truly believe so because Brooks has a quick pace of play. See ball, hit ball, move on. It can't lace very much. Like where's my feet? Where am I seeing the ball? Redo it again. Where's my feet? Where am I seeing the ball? Set up the driver. Do it again. Like it's it's very monotonous and annoying to watch when you're you know watching golf. So Cantlay won the Masters this year, didn't he? No, that was John Rahm. John Rahm. Okay, yeah. he was just in the zeitgeist because he was playing so goddamn slow. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. do you think the PGA told like? put them together on purpose to like get some drama moving here you know conspiracy pod i feel like it could have could for be sure. smells um, it i think they probably go a little bit by rankings and they're both playing really well this year obviously brooks has a win already um so i wouldn't i mean you could put anybody together relatively but i think yeah i think they were like we could put Cantley and brooks together it's like it's not a bad idea we should probably try that one out well, Vince, I, I I do think your Max Homa thing as a long shot's pretty interesting. I mean, it's plus six thousand. Yeah, right now. So he, he just seems primed to get one because he hasn't gotten one, and I feel like it's just he plays really well at the smaller tournaments. He's been, you know, competitive. He's been making the cut this year. It seems like that's about to come for the guy. Okay, interesting. Well, we got a new open this weekend. Could be a fun thing to watch. We'll see. We'll hey, see. Let's drink some tea. Drink a little tea. Maybe shave a little off the top. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe a little good. bangers and mash. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe shave a little off the top. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take yeah. a little off that beard. Yeah. Hot hot yeah. toddy. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If they're gonna shave, how are they gonna do it, there, mate? They're gonna shave with none other. <laughs> Then Henson Shaving. <laughs> this is a word from our sponsor, Henson Shaving. <laughs> this part of today's episode is brought to you by none other than our friends at Henson Shaving. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you already know that we swear by Henson Shaving. We've been using them for months, and there really isn't a better product out there. The Henson Razor puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. This razor is made by using CNC machines to aerospace standards. That's right, rocket ships, people. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning that the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave no other razor can offer. It's literally one blade. Be, be safe. Please be safe. They're very sharp. You twist on the top and you get to work. It's that easy. You remember the beard bet? 
You remember me shaving off the whole thing. If you need to watch somebody use it, go on my Instagram and check it out because it's really that easy. Cost ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is essentially $177 less than normal cartridge razors. They're sustainable. It's precise. It's Henson shaving. It's got a nice weight to it. It's made out of metal. None of this plastic garbage. So please use the promo code the Taxi Squad. T-H-E-T-A-X-I. S-Q-U-A-D at checkout and you'll receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of the razor. So you go on the site, you add the razor that you're looking for, and then you add a hundred pack of razors, you'll get those for free. For most users, this amount of blades will last you two to five years depending on how often you shave. So that promo code again is the Taxi Squad at HensonShaving.com. Go check it out. We would love to thank our sponsor of the podcast. Henson Shaving for their added support. And let's see if the Masters is going to play out to be a big one. It's not the Masters, the it's open, a major. Probably. The Open. Yeah. The, the British Open, open. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, that one. Now, we got let's it. get into a topic I do know about. College football <laughs> is quickly approaching, and some shit's going on in Georgia. So, right now, Kirby Smart is dodging numerous verbal bullets. The yeah. fact that his team has been caught speeding numerous members of the Georgia Bulldogs football team has been caught (laughs) driving. So right now it's a little interesting. Uh, There's about, um, I don't know, Vince, how many are in this article? I haven't done the deepest dive on it, but it's looking like it's about a lot. You're saying the amount of people that have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay. So, in all, he did a press conference, so that's what happened. But essentially, there's a first off fatal car crash in January. So one guy died. Um, and then also Chandler LaCroix, the staff member, if you remember all of that, because that was a while ago. Um, well, so that and was the a girl who was also on the uh, medical staff. She died with. with well, that's what I, that was. That's well. who that was. Yeah, that staff member. Um, OK. And then other people fatal crash in Athens, like I said. So they were, you know. They were drunk or whatever it may be. Um, there was a race with Allegedly. Mr. Jalen Carter, if you remember. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. 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 Um, yeah. So, and then Jamon Dumas Johnson arrested for reckless driving five days before that crash. Uh, Denylon Morissette arrested for a DUI after crashing into another car. Marcus Rosamie Jack Saint pleaded guilty to speeding. Samuel Mpemba driving 88 in a 55 mile zone. Even the punter was cited for another or driving too close to do another car after an accident. And finally, Christian Miller cited to for an not obeying a red light. So the last couple ones are not as aggressive as the first couple, but people are like, hey, there seems to be a problem. <laughs> that's where, and that's where it brought us to this press conference where Kirby Smart ate shit the entire time. It was so uncomfortable, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's a position I would not want to be in because mm-hmm. this guy is a tremendous coach. I mean, he really is, and he's a saving guy oh, for sure. And over the years, I mean, he's proven that he's. He's here to stay. Now, to that point, he only has so much control, but in his yeah, quote, I mean, I'm disappointed. Go ahead. You can't force your team to do something. You can just keep pushing the agenda over and over again. But I think the big issue with this is that 
what he said meant nothing. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, read it. Well, this is honestly, it's comical. So this is the quote from Kirby Smart. I'm disappointed anytime we have traffic incidents. It's very evident when you look at it, we've had traffic citations and incidents throughout the history of being at the University of Georgia. <laughs> we actually don't have more now than we've had in the past. What concerns me most is the safety of our players. And when you drive at high speeds, it's unsafe. No shit. We don't want that to happen. We're going to do all we can to take that out and make sure that it's eradicated. But I'm also smart enough to understand and know that 18 and 20 year olds, when this happens, it's when it happened to me as a student athlete. That's when speeding happens. What we want to do is take that out and make it safe and not have high speeds. As long as they don't get a speeding ticket, it should not be a super speeder. And <laughs> what man. in the actual fuck? He was saying I, it too. And you could, you feel like he was just like, you know, like tapping his foot on the ground and like, <laughs> like finicking with his nervous. fingers. I think he, he said complacency six different times at the podium talking about it. And what I think is, is messed up is like, this is obviously an issue. We see it. And for him to be like, yeah, like this has been a thing in Georgia. It happens. It happened before too. people speed all the time. It always happens. It's not a big deal. Now we just got to stop it from happening. It's like, dude, it is a big deal, and it's also right in the front of everybody's face right now. And he's just like, yeah, we're going to miss the people that died. It's one of the toughest things I had to, I have been through. But, you know, not 18 to 20-year-olds are, are going to do what 18 to 20-year-olds are going to do. You're like, dude, at least like at least give some lip service to people. Don't just say it like that. Really uncomfortable, I feel like. Well, I feel like as a head coach, you do have to know like when to just say, I'm not commenting on that dealing with it in-house like if this was Nick Saban it wouldn't have gone down this wordy rabbit hole of you know well you know you shouldn't be speeding and we're not going to be speeding no more and it's not going to be super speeding but it's going to be slow speeding and You're it's at like the Wait, University what the of Georgia we only ca- we don't care about high speeds <laughs> well I mean hey buddy we live life in the fast lane as the Eagles would say and we're about to I'll just fucking it. go out there and just fucking get after it now Dude. Nick Saban would have been up there like I'm not going to talk about it. All right. All right. We're going to gonna like, stick to our program and, and get after. Yeah. He'd be it. like, like okay. I like that. And that's not something that we get that we do at our program here. What I think not, he needs not, to not do program. truly is, is make an example out of somebody. I think he probably needs to suspend somebody for a game or whatever. If something well, like this happened. Yeah. You, you, you suspend one of your very good players that got in trouble against fucking Furman. You know, right. I mean, that's that's exactly. how you go about this. It's just like, oh, this guy isn't going to play against the Hanley School for the Blind, right. and let's move forward. That's what so. you have to say. You should be like, we're gonna we're gonna deal with things in house to make sure that this is you know eradicated. Not yes. like, hey, I know this is a concern, but it's not like it's news. <laughs> like, come on, dude, like, you can't just say that, especially on SEC Media Day. You're like, I don't know, it came off a little a little dumb and blind. When I when I watched it and when I was watching it, too, like I was getting nervous watching him say it. I'm like, oh, God, he's failing so bad right now. He doesn't account for any of the, the, the crazy shit that happened. Just kind of went with kids being kids. And it just it seems like yeah, like people died, literally. Well, like this- Jalen Carter, I mean, there was a full blown investigation before he got yeah. drafted. It's why he fell in the draft and goes right. to the Eagles could have potentially gone to the Bears. Bears traded back, but one pick, you know, to get Darnell right. And everybody was like, who the fuck is that guy? But still, I'm in, it, it, I'm in on it now. 
we're in on it now, and it looks to be a solid pick. But I mean, yeah. we, we can go down in a Bears corner a different day. We got a lot to get yeah. into in that moving forward. But with all that being said, I mean, now it's four or five guys. There's kind of a trending path. But you know, now with all the NIL money, these guys, you know, to the point they're eighteen, fucking... nineteen, twenty years old, they can probably buy what cars. they want. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's dangerous. Maybe what they do is like a large corporation. If you're like a, if you're like a recruit, you must drive the issued vehicle Georgia gives you, right? Something like that. But I still don't think they can do that, can they? Why couldn't they? I don't know. Is it like an NCAA violation since it's from it's the school and not from? Very the well, could be. But half of these kids, if you're a monster recruit, you're driving around in a Hellcat or some shit, right? To like a death wish in a way because they don't know how to handle all that car. You should not give an 18-year-old a Hellcat. No. No, you should not. engine will literally murder them personally. The car almost has a 1,000 horsepower. What the fuck are you going to do with that? What are you doing? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, hey, this is just It's comical to read that quote, though. It's hilarious. I mean, let's face it. George is going to be right back there at the top of the SEC. Everybody's like, you know. This is kind of an interesting season for them because now you'll start to see some more Oklahoma and Texas start to dip in a little bit uh, into the scene this year. But then next year they go full-blown SEC. And a lot of people are stating that um, this could be the death of certain programs. Like a lot of people are saying that Oklahoma may be taking a dip. Yeah, Coward went on this rant of saying Oklahoma could go away, and I uh, I don't necessarily believe that. I brought this up to Norman Nate, who we need to have on for college football review here yep. soon because we're six weeks away uh, approaching, and basically he stated, then how in the hell do we have the top three recruiting class in the country? I'm like, well, that's a very valid point. Yeah. But Coward doesn't look at that. He also said that Justin Fields is a bust, and I'm just not going to listen to it. So that guy's an idiot. I mean, oh, Justin well. Fields is 5-20. and 20, So The team is. I mean, he's got a long way to go. We're very high on him. We're very team. high. I sound, yeah. I sound getting in a little trouble. We're very high on him. We'll yeah. see. We got a long way. We're going to a long way. He means well. <laughs> we got him some weapons. Not sure how the weapons are going to play out. They don't get the greatest <laughs> ratings of Madden this year. <laughs> yeah, Chase Claypool, 99 club. No, no shot. No, no. But, you know, it comes from one controversy to the next, Mike, and Northwestern's in even more heat now, and it seems like it's never oh, going to end. It's getting really bad right now. Yeah. And this onion is being peeled back, and it's not a good one. It's kind of a rotten onion. So there's been a... To, to break back this onion, there was a six-month investigation into the hazing allegations that we discussed last week. Now, with all that being said, there are former quarterbacks coming out, one being Lloyd Yates, who was a quarterback at Northwestern from 2015 to 2017, said in a press conference that a lot of coaches took part in it in many different matters and that the explicit behavior was so explicit it was loud. It took place in close proximity to where all of the staff trainers were located. It's kind of hard to take a blind eye. Yates declined to say how the coaches or staff would participate in the hazing. Yeah, and it I reading into it and watching some stuff on it yesterday as well. It seems like it was like all right, Pat's the scapegoat. 
Pat Fitzgerald's just going to take all of this on the chin. He's going to get out of here without the understanding that there are people that are going to come in and like and sue them. Like there's this one civil rights attorney, Ben Crump, who is helping like a ton of different players right now. Some of them anonymous, some of them not, um, as well as Stephen Levin, I think his name, Levine, whatever, however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Sounds lot of right. like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to sue them. And then a lot of them had arguments that the AD knew about this stuff. Maybe even the university president knew about this stuff. So the people that are like, we saw this with Pat, we're really like disappointed and we're going to make the right choices to grow as a university and like get rid of the bad egg. And it's like, I think you were also a bad egg. So I think this, this stuff's going to come out now. And it's going to be a little bit bigger than one head coach not doing his business. It seems like a lot of people had had something to do with it. Shit flows downhill. And yeah. a lot of people had their hand in this. And it's all going to come out very quickly. And we discussed it last week. I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of some situation similar to Penn State where you're going to have two to three years where you're just going to be nothing. They're, and they're nah. not like going to be allowed to compete. I mean, granted, not as bad. It's bad, but it's not. You might have like two blacklisted seasons and your plans of building this epic facility and yeah. new stadium and all of that and all these remodels and new ideas are probably going to get put on the back burner because a lot of money is going to get paid out in lawsuits now. Pardon me if I'm being insensitive, but is this similar to a situation where you know, like the best time to go on a plane is after like 9-11. You know, it's like they're going to go. It's going to be the most buttoned up place in the world if you go to play at Northwestern for the next couple of years. Well, what I find interesting, what I thought very interesting was this. Eddie O has come Ooh. out. Eddie Uh-oh. O, the man from LSU, go Tigers. And not only that, most notably USC, which he should have been the head coach at USC in most my opinion. Most notably USC? Well, he did win a national championship with Joey B. But before that, he was at USC and he came in after the Booger Eater left because the Booger yeah. Eater was drinking on the sideline, a.k.a. Steve Sarkeesian. Stevie Sark? Yeah. Yep, that's Sark. But and the reason you call him the Booger Eater is because you should go up looking, <laughs> looking at the video when he was the OC at Alabama and he was definitely eating a booger. Now, with that being said, Eddie O came out and said he would love the opportunity to coach at Northwestern, which I think would be like an amazing, an amazing pick for a head coach because he'd come in and be like, go kids. And I, I would love yeah. to hear that. What and a crazy think, place for him to coach. <laughs> it would be sick. Like, I would love that just to happen in itself, which I think would be outstanding. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I think he could bring it, you know, and I think he kind of got a bad rap after. Yeah, Yeah. because, you know, they did take a backseat after Joey B left and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Chase like he lost so many people. He lost so much. Now, if he could go and do it in his way, I think it might be a little different. And he's never really coached in the Big Ten. So. He's going to go mean, to an offensive line you and try to just make a powerhouse out of him. It'll be a tall task, but it's not impossible. And they got the money to do it, too. That's the thing. Well, the money's the thing. But the thing you got to be worried about with Eddie O is that, at least in the town of Evanston in the North yeah. Shore, there's a fair amount of money in divorces. And yeah. uh, Eddie O's a single man. And he's going to walk in there and be like, <laughs> how you doing, young lady? 
Like he's, you know, he's going to go do his thing. He's going to respectfully urban Meyer people that are actually his age. Yeah. Or, you know, but I don't know if that's the smoke that they necessarily want to the point, because I mean, it was known in Louisiana that LSU and, and a lot of allegations against Eddie O was that he was a smidge of a womanizer. Mm. Allegedly. Not Allegedly. illegal. Not illegal. Not illegal. But not, you know, he he likes to see what he can you not know. a good not a good Christian man either, but not illegal. <laughs> That's true. I think Eddie O would be a great pick, but this is gonna be years to come now as far as how this looks as far as college football goes. The Big Ten is gonna be merging with the Pac twelve here coming up here in the next year, which is very interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting decade of college football. Now, do you think there should be these super conferences anymore? In my opinion, just to touch on this, I I feel like it should be region-based and the top teams, top 10 teams in the region play at the end of the season. And then you break it down that way or top eight. Or top twelve. I think that's a good idea in a in a small like sample size. I think what we saw. I mean, essentially, it was like that for a while. Um, I think it's just you know, college football is bigger in the South. People want to go to the South to play it, so it's always going to be like regionally like monsters down there. Um, if you expand the playoff pool, um, where it's outside of four, which is talked about at nauseum at this point. Um, I think it will be better, but I do think we end up landing on the best teams every year, and they generally do come out of the SEC for better or for worse. So most recently, I was in Houston, Texas. I was in Houston, Texas this week for work, and I was discussing it with my coworker who had originally come from Katy, Texas. And if you've done your homework, watch this show, Friday Night Lights, seen the movie, Katy, Texas is kind of like a football town. And discussing it with him, I was like, well, I hear this is like a football mecca, especially high school football. He's like, oh, the town of Katy has won like numerous uh, high school championships in their division. And then I was discussing with him and I was like, well, how do they get all these this talent? He goes, oh, they recruit them. Yeah. Like recruiting starts literally in middle school for some of these kids. It's like Catholic high schools in Chicago land area. It's like if you have a good basketball or football player, you're going to take them out of the city and you're going to put them in a nice suburban school. Where they can play and you know win championships because they're just OP. Well, I thought that was very interesting because he was explaining that a lot of kids come outside of territory and quote yeah, or guidelines right. of school districts and like will state that they you know live with a certain family or have a host family essentially, right. so they can go play at a certain program or school. And I and and if anybody is from the south, they they would know that it's a different level of high school football out there. Like these stadiums are rivaling that of some college stadiums. Oh yeah. It's better than most D three stadiums. Yeah. Like legit. There are some high school stadiums in Texas that are nicer than Northwestern stadium and the North shore of Chicago land. Yeah. Which is in a sense, pathetic. And yeah, then most fact- of those kids get recruited. Oh, all of them really do. Yeah. I mean, it's the cream of the crop. Right. And a lot of them are either going somewhere in the SEC. They're going so, south or they're going east, but they're not going north. 
we'll get into this in the future, but I urge everybody to go look at Joel Klatt's setup for a college football playoff, which I think is very interesting. And we'll talk about it in the future, but preemptive, go look at that because it's very interesting. And I think he's one of the better voices in all of college football right now. I'll have to look into that myself. That's something before season. Start doing a little homework. Jacked for college football season. We are literally six weeks away. Now, we are back from the All-Star break, Vince. Yes, we are. It's starting to get a little spicy right now in the MLB. It's that second half of the season, second season, so to speak, where things are starting to kind of come around. My question is, Will Shohei Otani and Mike Trout ever complete a full season together? No. Okay, why? It's over. Because Otani's probably getting traded. Um, you think he's going to get traded? It feels like he is. He's So essentially, if he gets traded, he's a rental, and then he can sign where he wants to. I don't know if he's going to want to re-sign with the, Do- or with the Angels because, and he said he likes to play on the West Coast. It's closest to home. The timing works out a little bit better for what it's worth. Um. I said before I want to see him in Seattle because that'd be awesome and just, you know, keep that going after each hero. But I do think that he probably won't re-sign with the Angels. And if that's the case, they should get rid of him and get as much as they can from him as possible. So I think he's going to be traded. Well, like five years ago, it was safe to say that if you were going to trade a blue chip like Otani or Chris Sale or somebody along those lines that you were going to get a haul in return or what is perceived to be a haul. I don't know if Yohan Moncada and Michael Kopik could be considered a haul if we're going to look at a perfect example of what that looked like. (laughs) At the time it was as far as rankings for prospects are concerned. Right. So with all that being said, do you trade Mike Trout if you are to trade Shohei? That's my question. Because obviously something's not working because if you're just going to blow it up, just be done with it and then suck Yeah, and get rid of all this dead money. You got laying around on the roster there. I mean, you there's not a feasible thought process that you're going to be able to sign Otani long term in the offseason after you just gave Mike Trout, you know, 430 million or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it was. I mean, Shohei Otani is going to break records. He's probably going to get a 500 million dollar contract. It's going to be something insane. <laughs> I um, heard Jeff Passan say the other day it might be closer to six hundred. I mean, granted, you're playing, you're paying two elite players, so that's literally like paying two elite players. If you get six hundred, it's three hundred mil for each part of his his game, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, I think, yeah, I I think they should get rid of Trout. I don't know if they will, just because he's such like a a staple on that team. He's probably going to want to play there for the rest of his career. Um, but I think they'd be doing themselves a disservice to not. I mean, you trade both of these guys this year, the amount of prospects you're going to get back is going to be monumental. It's going to be like you thought Juan Soto was good for prospects. This is going to be next level. Yeah, I I don't know if teams are willing to do that now. And if you look at teams that have the the studs teams that are competing though. Well, okay. So if you look at the farm systems ranked across the baseball zeitgeist right now, it is very much so. I mean, LA has a wonderful, wonderful uh, farm system. So does Atlanta. 
right? So are you saying the, that as like far as facilities or like how, how good players are in their farm system right now? How good players are in their farm system right now. Yeah. Um, so Baltimore, amazing farm system still because they've been just tanking yeah, but, for so long. My whole thing is I think Otani wants to stay West Coast if he is to be traded just due to the simple fact that he wants to be close to an airport to get to Japan quickly. But that's trading. And I think the important thing for this is, like, it's going to be a rental. He's probably going to sign with the Dodgers or the Yankees, but probably the Dodgers after the season. I I think that's realistic. So they can send him anywhere if they want him. If anybody, whatever anybody gives them, it's going to be like, all right, go play for this this team for three months, and then you can go wherever the fuck you want. So you think he's going to be like a trade bait to make a playoff push with? Yes, for sure, because he's a starting pitcher and a DH. That's just like, I mean, he's leading the league in every statistical hitting category right now. Yeah, he's he's truly amazing. He hit a foul ball the other night that was 116 miles an hour off the bat. It's truly it's impressive. Insane. Yeah. Now, the one thing I have a curious notion to discuss with you is okay i understood from being boots on the ground in anaheim that a lot of guys stated he ain't going anywhere because the money backing the franchise from these japanese billionaires is so thick that the fear of him walking is essentially the biggest fear that they have because now they're no longer funded in many ways to the point as to what we discussed. I know, but to what we discussed, it's a major market. So does that Japanese billionaire money go with him wherever he goes? If he goes to the Giants, if he goes to the Dodgers, chances are that may be true, but is it too embedded right now from a business element for him to leave mid-season it's it's an interesting thing to think about from a more so of a business standpoint because because if something's working, will it work somewhere else? Now, granted, do they need to think about the, hey, this is going to work for three more months, yeah. and then he's going to leave anyway. True. You know? So, like, yeah, they want to resign him, and they don't resign him, and they got nothing back for him just because they got three more months of Japanese money. It's like it doesn't. You're trying to look at longevity here, and you're like, what is going on? Because you got to also remember it's the second team in a big market. Do you think like, he's interested in winning championships? Because I don't. Yes. I'm sure he does. I believe, and a guy specific to that much talent, I believe that he wants to be the best at everything. And you can't be the best at anything if you don't win a championship. Like, we talk about that with Mike Trout. He is statistically, he might be the best baseball player of all time, but he's only played in one playoff. Shohei Otani in the playoffs is very important for baseball, and I'm sure that'd be very important for him as well. You have to, you have to believe I think MLB would be silly not to want him in the playoffs, but then again, it's these teams like the Braves that just build so well from the draft and internally, and now you're seeing teams like Baltimore, even Tampa. Tampa, yeah. Tampa's insane as to the fact that they kind of have a bunch of guys on that team that are just kind of like guys, and they play so well together. Baltimore's lucking out. They're having a great season, and they're just in second, and they're like kind of under the radar having an incredible season just because Baltimore or just because Tampa Bay is that much better. Um, There is talk that Otani, and this is, again, just talk. This is whispers on the avenue, um, that he could go to Tampa because Tampa still has a lot of good prospects on their team, even though they've been amazing for years. Fun fact, Vince. Right now, the Orioles and Tampa are actually tied for first place. Oh, 
look at Baltimore go. Did they win today? They must have. That they is amazing. They're literally tied for first place, 58 and 37, while the Rays are 60 and 39. The win-loss record of the Orioles over their past 10 games, they are 8 and 10. Truly impressive. Now, the Rays yeah. are currently on a smidge of a slide their last 10 games. They're 3 and 7. Yep. Another team to pay attention to is the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, all right now in the plus column of their last 10 games. Blue Who's Jays at the bottom, 10. though? The Yankees. It is, yeah. it is fair to say, which I love. We yeah. both love that. Love it. It is fair to say, though, that the Yankees are 100% in jeopardy of missing the playoffs altogether this season. Easy. Yeah, I would say it's I probably love. likely. I love that. It's That's just so nice to see. And I, I don't like to hate on a ton of teams, but just the New York oh. fandom is so just righteous and and they feel as if they're better than everybody and i i just Someone's can't get my traded. head around they're it. gonna become a yankee this is gonna happen it's because of the yankees the yankees have won too much they feel like entitled to win stuff even though like right now they're being ran like most mlb teams are being ran where they bring an old guy in thinking he's gonna be good i.e josh donaldson or trying to bring ikf in there and see if that's gonna end up working out or being like <laughs> anthony volpe's gonna change everything for us and it's just not happening. And I think this is like a, a little bit of a serum to be like, hey, this is what it's like to be an MLB fan. You can't win all the time because the last time the Yankees won, granted, it wasn't that long ago in comparison to other franchises, but the Yankees haven't won in what, 14 years at this point. So there's, you know, you could talk and say like, hey, outside of judge, like there's a lot of stuff that they got to fix. I mean, they got to fix their rotation and their bullpen and probably their bench depth. Like, you can't be doing that with just one guy. And that's an argument, too. People are like, hey, Otani's going to go over there and he's going to become a Yankee and just love it and stay there forever. I find it realistic that the Yankees aren't even, like, an interesting landing spot for him. Truly. Well, Volpe, to that point, came out of the gates really hot. Everybody was like, yeah. this is the next Derek Jeter. We got our guy, blah, 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 and then just cold. Yeah, because that's how it. players play. They expect too much out right. of everybody all the time. Yeah, and and to the point, the Yankees definitely got to go back to the drawing board, I believe, because Judge had a wonderful season last year, broke some records, yeah. hit the you know sixty plus dings, and you know it's a big thing. He's doing really well this year too, for what it's worth. But he hasn't well, yeah, but he got hurt, and yeah, exactly. they're dealing with injuries. And then Carlos Rodon, they thought would be a wonderful addition to that general starting Made five. His third start today. Yeah, and I mean he's great when he's on. There's no doubt when about it, on. but yeah. can he stay healthy? And that was the biggest thing when he was even on the White Sox. And he had a great renaissance season with the Giants and then decided to leave. He was kind of silly for doing that. Because if you look at the NL West right now, I mean, there is basically a three-way tie for first place. Dodgers are back up in front, but the Giants are one game out, and the Diamondbacks are still rolling right now, and they're two games out. So and the team with the a, biggest contracts is, is sitting there trying to get up there as well. But there's not like the Padres are having a hard time with that as well. Well, we all knew that was going to happen, though. The Padres, we we all discussed this before they even started the year. We were like, OK, this always happens. It looks wonderful on paper, but that only works in video games and fantasy leagues. Yep. And you because, can go to the east and see the same thing with the Mets currently. It's like you spend a lot of money, but if, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah, and I mean, any team looks good if they play the White Sox because, you know, the White Sox lost again last <laughs> and night. And the Mets not... almost gave that up. They almost gave, almost it, up. gave it they up. They were, you know, they were uh, 
They were down nine to eleven going into the bottom of the eighth, being the White Sox. Sox. Were, yeah. And yeah, and they they put another run up, and then you know, then the Mets came back, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of offense since the All Star break, and I don't know if the pitching's just shitty right now, or if yeah. there's a smidge of a lull point. I don't know if the balls are juiced again. I it it's interesting. Well, What's your theory? Conspiracy pot. Yesterday, meaning Tuesday, so two days ago for what you guys are listening to, 11 teams scored 10 or more runs. So that's the most in a single day dating back to 1900. Was something in the air yesterday where people just beasting to list it off? The Guardians beat the Pirates 10 to 1. The Dodgers beat the Orioles 10 to 3. The Padres, who didn't even make it on the statistics, scored nine runs against the Blue Jays. And then you have the Giants Reds 11 to 10. You have the Mets White Sox 11 to 10. Diamondbacks Braves 16 to 13. Cubs 17 to 3 against the Nationals. And then Royals and Tigers 11 to 10. There, everybody was scoring yesterday. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why that started happening just yesterday, but you're right. Like balls are flying. Juice ball is always going to be a conversation for the rest of eternity after we figured out that it was actually legitimate. They were doing that to the balls. So I'm always a proponent for the juice balls. I think it's fun. Baseball's better when there's offense. Um, but I don't know. It's, that's this is weird. It's first time since 1900. Like that's crazy. It was a different sport back then. It really was. That's that's an interesting statistic. We'll we'll have to monitor this how the second half of the season goes. I just kind of think it's like you know kind of waking up a little bit after the all-star break, even though, you know, it's four days guys get some time off, but they could be coming back. You know, Tim Anderson right now hasn't had a home run since last season, almost year to date. 426 since the all-star break. (laughs) So we'll see. Maybe it's the juice balls. Don't know. But to discuss more guys that are being thrown out right now in trade discussions, Cody Bellinger, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Giolito, Shane Bieber. And then not only that, but most recently Dylan Carlson, yeah. Um on the on the Cardinals who could have gotten traded last season and packaged for Juan Soto. I mean, did the Cardinals miss the boat on that? I I, Maybe, I, I mean Juan yeah. Soto had a pretty bad year last year though. He did, this but year, he he's playing better, but last year. Could you no. imagine him on the Cardinals right now? It could be the thing that puts him over the hump. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean, if they they need it right now, they're forty three and fifty three and third in one of the worst divisions. Um, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to move. Cody Bellinger was signed with the intention to trade him. There's no doubt about it. It was a one year, and he's been having a beautiful renaissance year. And that being said, same thing with Christian Yelich. It's like we're back in 2019 again, where both of those guys are just up and at them and ready to go again. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of these guys are going to move, including some White Sox. Shane Bieber being moved, I feel like that's got to peeve some of the Guardians fans out there, but that's how that team functions. And then, again, Giolito, outside of yesterday's horrible performance, um, he's been the best pitcher on the White Sox since the beginning of June. So all those considered, there's a lot of guys on the movement. You just kind of hope that prospects end up coming with them, and if, hopefully it's not too saturated of a market right now. So do you think at the trade deadline to bring it all home, the White Sox are selling half the team? Because I think they need to. That's what everybody's saying. They're like, they're selling Cease, they're selling Yasmani, they're selling, you know, Giolito, all that stuff. I think they probably get rid of two or three pieces. They kick it for the rest of the year, and they got to work on it next year. Because the big thing is, is we talk to farm systems. They don't have one. And there's a lot of teams out there that have just been kind of like, 
hoping for the best, making trades, getting really good players, and then not really seeing as much as they want to out of it. Like at some point that's going to bite you in the ass because you can't trade away all top 100 prospects that you have. Cause then what ends up happening is you get a team like the Baltimore Orioles who have the best farm system in the MLB. And they're also playing lights out right now. I mean, Gunnar Henderson is in the MLB, but even outside of that, Jackson holiday, Matt holiday's son is a dog. Jordan Westberg, who's been playing as well this year, really good. Heston Gajerstad insane. Like you got guys that are, you know, what do they have? Like four top 15 guys at this point. That's what you want to see. You want to get guys to come up and like the White Sox don't do great with all that stuff. They've been doing better in years previously. It seems like the last two, three years, they've been putting a little bit more into it, but you need to, you need to bulk up that, that farm system. You you have to know how to structure a team. I think that's the biggest thing that everybody chooses to miss. If I'm being perfectly honest, you have to know how to team structure works. Yeah. And the White Sox don't know that because you have a team of first basemen. Gavin Sheets, first baseman. Eloy Jimenez, hurt again, first baseman, DH. Andrew Vaughn, first baseman, DH. Jake Berger, first baseman, DH. He's got an army. He can play third. I (laughs) just named five guys. You're right. Who play the same position. It goes to show you you're not structuring a team correctly nor are you capable of putting that farm system together in order to be sustainable. The two major trades you made were for (laughs) Dylan Cease, Eloy Jimenez. You traded Quintana. It it might be a wash at this point because Cease is on the trade. No, that was still, yeah. Quintana played so poorly for the Chicago Quintana, ha- Quintana came back for the Cardinals last season, actually pretty, right. pretty well. He played so um, poorly for the Cubs that we fleeced him. There's no doubt about that on that one. I think the word fleece is... Um, In that regard, we did, because he went there and Cease, sucked. And we got, and we're going to get a lot back for Cease. We're going to get a lot back for him. You think we we're going to trade Cease then? No, I don't. You think Giolito and Cease are going to be... I think oh, Gio's well, gone. Gio's gone. Do it. Gio's long gone. Somebody's going to pick him up. Now... Yeah. It's just interesting to me because then, once again, we discussed it earlier in the podcast, Chris Sale for then Michael Kopik and Mankata. Mankata was supposed to be the next best thing next to sliced bread. has turned out to just be a lazy sack of shit that's also injured all the time. <laughs> so it's always this time of year where these talks start coming. I think Otani stays West Coast, either the Dodgers or the Giants, maybe Dark Horse, not for the fact that I'm moving there, but Arizona could be another one. Yeah, because they also have the competing. farm system to give up and they are currently competing and it's just not that far away. So interesting things to pay attention to. We'll see how well they play. Now, when you are playing any sport, it especially is very crucial, especially this one and especially yeah. in the summer and especially in Arizona when it's, oh, you yeah. know, 118, some of the hottest days, dog days of summer. It is very crucial that you stay hydrated. And at this time, hydration is key to stay on the field. So we're going to get a word from our friends at Liquid IV. This portion of today's show is brought to you by Liquid IV. That's right. The hydration brand we've all come to know and love is with ya boys. It's festival, outdoor party, and adventure season, and proper hydration is essential. You don't want to miss out on the summertime activities while they're still here. Liquid IV will help you hydrate and stay in the game. 
I've been using Liquid IV for a few years, and I found a ton of uses for it. Uh, going to sleep after a day-long soiree. This is the product that helps me rehydrate and recover. I brought them with me on hikes, long bike rides, vacations, and maybe most importantly, bachelor party weekends. The beauty of it all is that Liquid IV comes in a small, convenient package that you just add to a bottle of water and drink away. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the Taxi Squad podcast code. T-A-X-I-S-Q-U-A-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, no spaces, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code Taxi Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Are you ready for some football? Yeah. I don't. We haven't talked NFL in a little bit here, and there seems to be a little more NFL news this week, which is enlightening. When you listen to this podcast, people, you got 50 days left before football is fully back in action. Who the thunk it? Someone honk their horns. If if you heard that, honk your horn. Honk, honk. We're not going to know, but someone will. Um, Somebody will know. Hey, a big move happened. A guy that really wanted to work with a really good quarterback and a, and a great system that, that knows how to win is finally signed in the name of DeAndre Hopkins. And where did he sign, Mike? The Tennessee Titans. That makes sense. Makes no fucking sense at all. <laughs> I have no idea what he was thinking. Zero. I don't get it. I it's don't like. You, who are you gonna who's gonna throw you to football? Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill? I don't like you yeah, think proven quarterback where you would think you would want to go play with a quarterback that could throw you the football better than anybody on the planet. I have a question. I.e. Patrick Mahomes, I.e. You know, even Justin Herbert, even Joe yeah. Burrow. Fuck, go to the somebody. Jets. Yeah. But the Jets are pretty loaded with some weapons. And right. I mean, far not far go fuck. Rogers. AKA other Favre is very specific in his requirements of guys. He wants to throw the football to why Lazard there, Randall Cobbs there, Mercedes Lewis is there. Everybody's there. He did like Devontae. Yeah, he did love Devontae and Devontae's stuck there now with Garoppolo. So interesting story. Now D hop to the Titans. I just don't understand how this makes sense. Granted, the defense is great. Mike Vrabel is a wonderful defensive coach. Yeah. Uh, Always has been. Um, And and he does play to the strengths of his team, usually from a X's and O's standpoint. Now, him and Derrick Henry, though, it just, it's pretty scary. I have two reasons why he did it. Okay. Number one might be because he's, he might be a bit of a masochist. Okay. Um, and two, he might be addicted to, to mid quarterbacks outside of Deshaun Watson. D hop has not played with a very good quarterback, especially like he, he plays well, obviously, cause he's a really good wide receiver. He's not the best receiver in the league anymore. Um, but even with Kyler, it's like he made Kyler look good, but Kyler didn't make him look good. There's no doubt about that. Like, well, I think Kyler just, just not, not that guy. I mean, I right. hate to say it athletically gifted. Truly a, a impressive athlete got drafted in the first round to play baseball as well as football. And a lot of people have stated that he might even still go play baseball before it's all said and done. Good. Now with all of that though, it could be interesting if Tannehill can go out and just 
be decent, right? Just be Ryan Tannehill. Don't get injured. They need to protect him, of course. But Traylon Burks proved last season when he's on the field, he's an absolute dog. Yeah. And then D-Hop on the opposite side of that and Derrick Henry. It's just the problem is in the playoffs, they don't play well. Yeah, that's that is the issue. It's like you you want the guys spearheading it, and for what it's worth, Tannehill's played a lot better on the Titans than he's played in in the in Miami. So, um, I don't think it's going to be necessarily horrible for Diop. It's just like I don't see how this is an upgrade from any team he's been on. Do you think you would have wanted to go to a semi contender somewhere in maybe the AFC West, maybe a team with a young quarterback that maybe you wanted to meet and believe in Uh, bill clearly couldn't sell the message of Mac Jones throwing him the football. Right. And he didn't want to go back to new England with Billy boy O'Brien, which we discussed a few weeks ago. Well, like, so go to go to Buffalo, go go to to Los Angeles for the chargers, go play with, Lamar Jackson, go to go to Jacksonville and play with Trevor Lawrence. All of those options are better True. than the one that he picked here. <laughs> I don't get it. Go to the Cowboys. Dak's better than him. Well, Dak's Dak is more athletic. Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. I mean that everybody's go to the Kirk Vikings. <laughs> he's better than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, everybody's Kirk Cousins. It's just in a different way. Are they better than Kirk Cousins? Right. Or on the same level as Kirk Cousins. We'll get into the the great man of Kirk Cousins. But yeah. I just believe that this is a stretch. Of course, it's going to have to play out. They're going to have to go through it all. I think a lot of this was based off the head coach, and I think he loves Rabel from his time with the Texans, and that just fits the culture he wanted to be yeah. a part of. That I get. It's just like, man, <laughs> he's not going to win anything from it. There's no, There's no chance of that. And some guys, I think, just want the money. You know, the the details of the deal haven't been sent out yet. But my biggest question is this. Are you really going to play with Tannehill or did you just really fall in love with the film of Will Levis? I don't know which one it is because Will How Levis. fall in love with the film of Will Levis? I don't what, know. What film is good of Will Levis? Maybe he's just That was the argument coming that... in. He's got yeah. intangibles, but his film doesn't look good. Sounds like he yeah, could that... throw far. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. The White Sox lost to the Mets five to one. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I just believe that Will Levis doesn't touch the field this year. Is that out of bounds or how does that look to you? I think this is a sit and learn year for him and yeah. he's not going to touch the field unless something catastrophic unless happens. Unless an injury Tannehill. happens. Yeah. It's not like it's going to be Malik Willis season. So. No, Malik Willis, I think, is going to get cut before the season even starts. You wouldn't be surprised. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to see how it plays out. Now, D-Hop fantasy-wise, how do you look at this? Are you taking him in the first 10 picks? He's always good. That's the issue. First 10, probably not. First 15, yeah. He got to. He might be a first-rounder. He's definitely a second-rounder just because he's that good. A second-rounder? Yeah. Wow, that's a fucking reach if you ask me, but okay. Okay. We're going to see. Now, Vince, in other news, the Mad 99 club rankings have yep. come out. You know, well, it's some the of same them. game, copy, some paste. Of them. They do it Most day by day. So today, Thursday, you're going to get corners, and then Friday, you'll get QBs. Can I ask you first before we go over the ones that we think or that we, that we know got it? Do you think there's more than one QB that gets a 99? Um, No. 
I don't think I don't think you can. So you already know that answer, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's one QB. Yeah. Unless, you know, it, Mariota. Yeah, maybe, unless Mariota. Maybe Joe Joe might get a ninety seven. Joe might get a ninety seven. Joey B might get a ninety seven, like early years. Tom Brady yeah. got a ninety seven or a ninety eight, right? Yeah. So that might be the play there. Now, as far as the rest of this looks, who knows? But in my eyes, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, Kirk Cousins might get a 99, and, like, he's a really nice guy. And department. Like kindness? Yeah, his kindness yes. is going to be 99. He gets a 99 in the kindness department. But, I mean, some of this list, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Aaron Donald, Zach Martin. Yeah. Um, It, it makes sense. It's usually like, oh, yeah, that, that guy deserves it. Now, yeah. I did see, though, and this came out on Twitter, and I did see this, that uh, DJ Moore got ranked in 86, which I think is kind of crazy. horrific. Yeah, yeah. that's that's bad. That's well, a little disrespectful. That's the thing, too. It's like, who's throwing it to you? Like, he, you can't rank on somebody a 99 unless you got somebody that's worth a shit throwing it to you. And the Panthers were a carousel quarterbacks last year, and he still put up a great year. He's a talented guy. What you can hope is that he comes in with that dog like fuck Madden. I'm better than that. Let's prove it to him. So I'm not only, I'm not completely against it, but it is going to make it annoying playing with the Bears next year and having like one 80s guy and then the rest of them being like fringe 78 dudes. That's true. Now, I mean, who's to say Chase Claypool doesn't make a emergence? Yeah, which, he'll be like I an 83. I, yeah. Yeah. Now it, it it'll it'll be interesting to see. Now Darnell Wright, I hope by the end of the season's far into the eighties because he needs to be. Let's let's face yeah. it, we we need it. We need a dog yeah. there at that left tackle. Yeah. So moving on though, of course Zach Martin does get the ninety nine, which Zach mm-hmm. Martin's arguably the best guard in all of professional football. It's almost it inarguable at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's the best I mean, player Madden, on the on the Cowboys. <laughs> Right, which is saying something. Yeah. Now, with all of that being said, Zach Martin's arguably the best uh, offensive guard in all of football, and he is making his unhappiness known in the public eye, yeah. allegedly reporting that he has uh, some issues with the front office of the Dallas Cowboys with their lack of interest in restructuring his deal. Yeah, um, so obviously unhappy. He had a... He has remaining six years, $84 million that he signed in 2018. Um, two years left, sorry. He's no set slouch. to make 13 and a half in 2023. So, yeah, like you said, no slouch. But comparatively, in Atlanta, Chris Lindstrom, five years, $105 million that he signed this offseason. Damn. He's better than him. And, like, there's arguments True. that are made. It's like, hey, Mahomes signed that deal by the time, you know, in five years, that deal is going to be it's going to be good for the Chiefs, you know, because it seems so high sure. when he signed it. I think Zach Martin's trying to make the most out of his money right now. And he's like two more years and like he, you know, he is getting up there in age like slowly. That's going to end up happening. So when you're going from like. 32, he's going to sign in a 34 year old deal. Lyman could be a little bit older, maybe. But this is the time to get a restructured contract and, and sign for the rest of your rest of your career, essentially. So I get it. Will it happen? Probably not, but I get it. It's very true. It is very true. I do believe that 
he'll get what he wants, especially making it publicly known. Notre Dame guy, by the way. So oh, he's yeah. a Midwest boy. Um, best place to play. Best, something like that. Anyways, um, I do believe he'll get exactly what he deserves. And if he does hold out, it's a lot bigger deal than, for example, if a running back holds out. And to transition, Saquon Barkley uh, is holding out right now because of the fact that he declined uh, his tag, which is of $10 million, or I believe it's 10.5 yeah. mil. The tag would have been on Saquon, who has done a lot for the sport overall. Guy's an absolute unit. Torres ACL came back, arguably the comeback player of the year last year. Yeah. And they don't want to restructure his deal. Now, the issue here is that, and this was stated on a podcast most recently and it's starting to go semi-viral, that Saquon may be mulling over sitting out the entirety of the 2023 season. Is this a good move or a bad move in your eyes, Vince? Uh, this is like uh, it's like Groundhog's Day, right? Exactly. This, this happens every single year. It's the running back thing. You got Tony Pollard. You got Josh Jacobs on the same thing. You're going to franchise tag them. They're going to be way, way, way too old as a running back. And by way, I mean 28. Like by the time that they can sign that second contract. So is it a good idea to sit out? We've seen it once and it didn't go too well. It didn't Mr. work. Le'Veon Bell. So that's not going to work. He's probably not going to get resigned to what he wants. So now you're sitting in a situation like both sides are unhappy. What's going to happen is he'll probably end up playing and then something fucked up will happen and then he'll just be screwed. So like who? I don't think it's a good idea, but what else are you supposed to do? I think take the Kirk Cousins route when he kept getting franchise tagged. Yeah, take the money back. Take the money. Don't be yeah, an idiot. Right. Don't sit out expecting more because you're not going to get that and then you'll get screwed. But so here's my question. Is it right to say that maybe just maybe Le'Veon Bell fucked every future running back that decided to play this hardball game? Because every NFL owner slash GM saw how that ended. For the Jets, and they were like, fuck that. We don't want any part of that moving forward. So the play is you draft the running back. If they're good, awesome. You start that running back for the entirety of their rookie contract. You tag them. You draft another one. You try and duplicate the same process. Yeah, That's what the position is starting to become. You can't so, blame the GMs. You can't blame the owners for doing that either. It's the reality of the no. situation. No. And just like how for a long time, everybody used toaster ovens and then the microwave was invented. Right. Or everybody had a fucking house phone growing up, right? The house phone would ring. You call your house phone. You call. If you grew up in the era we grew up in, Vince, maybe not you, but me, you called your buddy's house Mike. and you said, hey, can that asshole come outside and play? I'm not that much younger than you. I probably Shut called up, your Vince. house. I'm fucking I did old. that. Hey, can you I come play? That. Sure. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the yeah. way, pal. Yeah. But I will say this much. It is out of that. I don't think it's out of bounds to say that Le'Veon Bell fucked the future running backs to come in this same scenario because now NFL owners and GMs are becoming wise to say, then if you want to do that, set out the do season. It. We don't really give a shit. We'll plug and play. Yeah, it's not. There's not a lot of bargaining chips in the running backs market right now. It's going to continually happen like this every single year. He'll probably get re-signed and, and 
be a shell of himself in a couple of years and it's going to suck. That's just the reality of the position and it just sucks. So like you said, like you might as well just take the money on the franchise and it's going to keep going up every year that you get it. And then hopefully another team signs you, but that's kind of just, that's just reality now, man. Okay. Well, Vince, with all of this running back talk going on and we're going to break down the QB doc, but before we do that, I want to play a little game, Vince. Okay. I want to play a game. Shall we? So this game is going to be pretty interesting. So all these running backs right now are complaining and pissing and moaning they're not getting the long-term deal. Now, usually the conditions of a great running back would mean that they rush for over 1,000 yards. And that doesn't necessarily have to make you elite, but it makes you to the point where you're producing for your team. You're top tier in the NFL, essentially. Exactly. So what we're going to do now, Vince, we're going to pick three teams from the NFC, and then we're going to pick three teams from the AFC. Yep. And we're going to try and figure out who their last thousand yard rusher was. That's going to be hard for some. It's going to be easy for others. I think now for you, I have access to the, to the link. I'm going to quiz you on this and we're just going to go off playoff teams. Is it fair to say that I can pick? Yeah, go ahead. And we're going to quiz you. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Let's start in the AFC. Let's start with the reigning Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, who are rightfully known not to be the biggest running team. Uh-huh. Uh, if we look at last season, um, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, I think he had like a, a 180 attempts for about 750 yeah. or 800 yards. Yeah. So who is the Kansas City Chiefs last thousand yard rusher? Last thousand yard rusher. Uh-huh. Part of me wants to go really far back because I can't think of anybody... Most recent. What, right. Do you so want, that's what I'm saying. But. Do you want a clue? Do you want a clue? Yes. Are we yeah. playing clues? Give me one. All right. Yeah. The year was 2017. 2017. Oh, 2017? hmm Oh, Jesus. Who was running back 2017? I think that was post. You know what? I know this one. This okay. is This is Kareem Hunt. Boom. Yes. Let's go. Good start. Wow. I know the Chiefs. Start. I know Epic the Chiefs because I was like, when did Jamal Charles end? And I'm like, he ended considerably before that. But Kareem Hunt, before he went to the Browns. Let's go. Good start. Here we go. Good start. Good start. All right. We're going to stay in the AFC. Okay. okay. We're going to stay there. We're going to go a little bit more difficult this time. All right. Buffalo Bills are noted. To state that they really do not have a great running game. Uh-uh. And they got James Cook. Dalvin Cook may be coming there, play with his brother. Who knows? Could. Could. Could happen. A lot of people are saying he's going to go to Miami. But for right now, who is the last Buffalo Bills 1,000-yard rusher? Devin Singletary never did it. I know that for sure. Nope. Before him, that was... um. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, but he sucked in 2018. Did LaShawn McCoy do it in 2017? Wow. Batting a fucking thousand. LaShawn McCoy in 2017. You're not looking at the link, are you, Vince? No, dude, you didn't give me. No, there's a link right there. I'm not looking at it. That'd be late. All right. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see how far we can go back now. 
All right, we're okay. going to do one more team in the AFC, and then we're going to be okay. odd to the NFC. So we're, we're going to break this down differently. Okay. Okay. So here's one that I think is very interesting. The New York Jets, J-E-T, Jets, Jets, oh. Jets, Jets. Curtis Martin. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Dog. But the last, the last New York Jet running back to have a 1,000-yard season is, in fact— whom? Oh, this one's hard because they've had um, they had shitty Le'Veon, and Matt Forte think, went there towards the end of yep. his career. Isaiah Crowell, Frank Frank Gore, right? Yeah, Frank Gore was there for a little while too. Oh, this one's hard because yeah, what Forte played one year, right? Yeah, maybe. Fuck me. I don't know if I'm gonna get this one. Uh, who played? So that what? That brings us back to like 2015, right? Yeah, something like that. Who's the running back for the Jets? Who's the quarterback? Do you know? At that time, it probably would have been Tebow. 2015. Yeah, because I know there's like Geno Smith in there. I think Fitzy played there one year. Hmm. Oh my god, dude. Who played running back for the fucking Jets? Do you remember Sean Green? That guy was good. Sean Green was dope. Yeah, no, it wasn't the, no, it wasn't him. It wasn't Curtis God Martin. It wasn't it. everybody knew this guy at the time because he's in your fantasy. Everybody was trying to get him on the waiver wire. That's what I'm saying. It's like it I feel like it was a guy that wasn't like a top tier running back, but he All did right. the job. Final answer, best guess go. I don't know. Sean Green. I don't know. This one. This Chris Ivory. Chris oh, Ivory. Geez. Wasn't he on the Saints? There's a name for you. I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure if he was on the Saints or not, but to me, very interesting. Chris Ivory's hard. That's a hard pull. That's a big one. Now, yeah. the next one on the NFC is going to be equally as hard. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to go NFC. Tampa yep. Bay Bucks. Okay. Was the last thousand yard rusher for the Tampa Bay Bucks, Vince? Okay, we got Leonard Fournette. Never did it. Nope. Okay, they had Legarrette Blount. Uh huh. They did for a while, and Rojo. Uh, no, they had that one. Um, that one guy that looks like Austin Eckler. What's his name? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a juiced up hamster. Yeah. I'll give you the year. 2015. 2015 bucks. That's Winston year, right? That's rookie year. Yeah, that's that's LASIK Jameis. That was was that the 4040 year? <laughs> oh God. That wasn't uh, the 3030 year. No. no that yeah, was a that few was years before. Before that. He was very And he good. was really good when he was good. And it was actually yeah. um uh Freeman Freeman was the quarterback then. Oh yeah, for Josh a brief Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Freeman. Yeah. Oh man, this one's tough too. I feel like this is another one that was like if juiced up hamster didn't give it away, there was a lot of small kings at this time in the NFL. Yeah. This is Lovey Smith years, yeah? This was a I think it was a close a Lovey Smith year. Either that or it was a uh Bruce Arians year still. Okay. It might have been the start of the Bruce Arians era. Mike Evans was playing then. No, 2015 Mike Evans was still in college. I think he was. I think that was his first year. If I'm not Could mistaken. have been. 
because they had Vincent Jackson on that team too. Oh god. R.I.P. Vinny Jackson. Yeah, seriously. Oh, this was hard, dude. Um, you give up? Fucking... Yeah, yeah, I don't got this one. Doug Martin. Oh, former first round pick, Doug Martin. Former first round pick, Doug Martin. Is yeah. Right. Holy shit. Okay. And Vince, you're also correct that Mike Evans was actually his second year in the league. He was drafted Damn. in 2014. Okay, let's go. So, so there Good you go. Juju. Okay. Good juju. I answered everything no. except for the right answer. Correct. That's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now let's go to a team that's epically disappointed over okay. the past couple of years. Now has Derek Carr at the helm. Mm. New Orleans Saints. What's the last thousand-yard rusher for New Orleans Saints? And no, it is not Alvin Kamara. It's not Kamara. No shit. It is not. Who played running back before Alvin Kamara? Yep. It was, uh, oh, fucking um, short guy from Alabama, Mark Ingram. Boom. Yeah. Like, boom. Like, I'm back, boom. baby. <laughs> he's back in the game. Yeah, he's a piece he's back. The Saints. He was. He was. He truly was. Now, this next one, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get it. It's very, very obvious. Okay. The fucking 49ers. When's the last thousand-yard rusher for fucking 49ers? This should be easy. San Francisco, last rusher, not McCaffrey, I assume. Not CMC. (sighs) Fucking so many running backs on that team. But there's one. This should be the easiest of one. How in the fuck is it like? Is you, it like the 49ers running back, like the guy, the guy that just retired it, last year? That was like forty. How like how in the fuck you pulled two in a row with Kareem Hunt and then Shady McCoy, which I thought was the most difficult one. No, because he went for the one. Eagles. No, this is Gore, right? Done. Thank yeah. you. You're okay. welcome. Boom. Okay, Thank Vince, you. not bad. That was not pretty good. Bad. That was pretty good out there. Either that or he's bullshitting me the whole fucking time and had this thing up and just was practicing his acting. Have you seen me click on it? I can send you a picture right now. It's still blue. It would turn purple I, if I clicked on it. I believe you. I yeah. believe you. Why believe Why lie to the people? I'm honest with you. You gotta play games sometimes. I would have gotten Doug games. Martin if I, if I cheated. Gotta play games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, let's discuss this QB doc because... Yep. Vince told me to watch this documentary last week, so we both told you, the audience, that we were going to watch this thing through and through and report on it this week. So we are back with our takes on the QB documentary on Netflix, which documented Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota for the entirety of an NFL season and into the playoff run. So, Vince, what are your takeaways from this documentary? I thought it was wonderful, but what's your takeaways? Yeah, really well done. Really well done. I like yeah. it's got the hard knocks feel to it where it gives you like that background. You kind of like, you know, get to know the guys in and out. My first oh, takeaway, yeah. um, and we've talked about it. We were we were texting about it, too, is that Kirk Cousins is just the nicest guy in the world. Also, he truly is like the nicest human being on the planet, like retired choir boy. Me and him, one and the same. Also, a retired Barrington guy as well. Yeah. Grew up in Barrington, Illinois, then moved to Michigan. I mean, yeah. still had Barrington jerseys in his trophy room, which I thought was my biggest takeaway from Kirk. That was like, that All right, was that's cool. fucking that cool. That was also when he talked about choir for the first time. So I think we're both on the same page. The one thing that did disappoint me, though, is that he was like, oh, like the guy that put this in made a little notch here for a Lombardi trophy. And I'm like, well, don't think you're going to get one of those. <laughs> so that's well, kind of Kirk's sad. 34. Yeah. And going to be 35. You think he's winning one with the Vikings? I think with Jordan Addison, 
Brian Flores coming in as the D coordinator. The last thing that fucked them really bad last year was their defense, minus yeah. the fact that they went 13 and three, although they did Every win the most one score one games. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they do fall to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. Now, I do think Brian Flores will bring a whole new attitude to that defense, yeah. which the Vikings defenses have always been known to be pretty legit. Yeah. And the, they are really the, the cream of the crop right now. The people eater. That was the name yeah, of them for the, a while. The people yeah. eaters. Yeah. Both. Um, I just, they haven't won one, so I can't think they're going to win one until they win one. Is <laughs> kind of where my head's at. Exactly. Vikings never won one before. It's not like they're going to win one next. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think Minnesota fits him real well. He shops at Target, his wife said, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to get filled. Maybe his son wins one or something. He's a simple guy. And yeah. I think that's what's cool about Kirk, and that's what's very likable about him because you can relate to him very well. And not only that, but you know, he's he's not a flashy guy. He drives a Ford. He's just happy him. to be where he is. His wife does dress him. I can relate to that every now and again, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, if if you have a lucky lady in your life, usually she reminds you how you're chewing and dressing, and we'll try and do that. But you got to be careful because sometimes you might look too much like a dad, and you're maybe not a dad yet. So you got to keep the swag moving, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I get it, man. I get it. Now, on the flip side of that, I I mean, it's not like it's unknown. Right. But I definitely developed, I think, a new respect for Patrick Mahomes. Still think Same. his wife is the most annoying human being on the face of the planet. She got a lot of FaceTime in that. She got a lot of FaceTime Dear in that. God. Yeah. I think um, her support for him is awesome. I will say that. She is 110% supporting of him, which is awesome. I uh, didn't know she was a former college athlete, so that's very cool. Um, I do find her to annoy me. There's just, I no. can't explain why. I just find her to be annoying. I can explain why. She's just way too much. She's a lot. She's a lot. Well, you know, I thought was what was very kind of Pat Mahomes, and I thought it was a very gentlemanly thing to say, was that, oh, Brittany's part owner of this soccer team in KC, a female soccer team in Kansas Didn't City. Say she was, yeah, yeah, but he bought into that. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hey, Brittany. Good she's news. Part owner. New news. This, this docuseries will be renewed for a second season, go and figure. they will go by the following model. Rookie quarterback, star quarterback chasing Super Bowl, vet quarterback trying to turn their career around. Rookie quarterback? No quarterback yeah. was a rookie in this. Right, that's the new model. Okay. Interesting. Could be interesting. I I definitely do think it. Another takeaway I have from Patrick Mahomes is that he hates his little brother. I think he hates Jackson. He fucking hates him. He didn't get a lot of screen time at all. No. I don't think they have a relationship at all because it's just like there's one like moment you see him just dap him up and it's like, love you, bro. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I think his dad, his dad's a cool thing. Just going, going through that whole scenario with like, you know, his dad playing in the MLB and him talking to the kids. I mean, it definitely was a puff piece for all these guys for being honest, but one takeaway from Mahomes is he's got that dog, dude. I thought he was probably just like real nice out there or whatever, just doing his job. He talks shit. He talks shit. Well, when you're one of the best at what you do, you I think you deserve the right to talk a little bit of shit. Yeah. Max Crosby gets- talking shit. He punched him. Don't punch me. Don't punch me. (laughs) I was like, that's funny. Game gets chippy, man. I mean, 100%. It gets really chippy. This is something that I believe that over time, 
you know, you do get a target on your back and guys try and do some things. Like, for example, that high ankle sprain he received against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, that was probably a targeted thing. Uh, in my opinion, they rolled up on that ankle and they did it on purpose. Same thing in the Bengals game. Guys do that. But, yep. you know, the one well, you thing aim for the injury to take him out. Yeah. That well, used be, they used to be told like to kids and like peewee greg greg williams dude yeah yeah greg oh, yeah. williams was famous for that on on record legitimately yeah legitimately saying like oh like target and acl um now what did just bring back bad memes for this guy and i sent this to vince on the snapchat and we discussed this during the playoffs last season i didn't see shit the fucking holding call orlando brown Oh my God! NFC AFC Championship it's game. It's a veteran no call. That's what it is. It's not a veteran no call. It's a bullshit favorable hometown bullshit call. <laughs> like slow mo, go and watch the last episode of this fucking documentary, or the second to last episode of this documentary. Legit, you see the hold in slow mo that wasn't called when Patrick Mahomes took off out of the pocket, and then the late hit happens, puts him in line for field goal range, game over. I didn't see anything. Right. <laughs> bullshit. No, yeah, it definitely, it definitely happened. I mean, even on it the happened. day, too, I was like, it, it happened, but they didn't call it. And the amount of holding calls that are missed in the day-to-day, that one was egregious. I'll give it to you. But uh huh, it is what it is. You play with just, them. What just the refs brings say. back bad memes. Now, you. now, you're okay. So your thoughts on Mariota? I felt bad for him. Why? It seemed like... You don't want to see a guy get benched, which sucks. Um, I think uh, he was definitely the least like exciting person to watch. Like he was the least interesting one out of all of them, probably because he's not, you know, continually a starting quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did play well, and he did have that one game where he almost had like an immaculate passing game, which would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole the whole takeaway on it is like happy he's having a kid. His wife seems like a nice person. I feel bad that he got benched. That's kind of my three takeaways. I hate to say it. I really don't feel bad for the guy. Okay. He's had every chance to prove the fact that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I hate to say it. He's kind of failed at doing so. He seems like a wonderful person. He, in the off season goes, spends his time in Hawaii. He's made a wonderful living. Oh yeah. And he just had a kid. And when they said Desmond Ritter is going to be our starting QB, he was like, okay, I'm done. I'll go get surgery. Yeah. And his kid was about to be born. It was like beautiful timing for him because yeah. he tore his meniscus. and He got bad he press, was- though. I remember us talking about that specifically on that week. Like, where the fuck did he go? He's going to get surgery and just ditch his team. And then also it's like, hey, he's having a kid. Like, whatever. It's not yeah, like he's going mean, to come it- back and start again. It's not like they're going to go to the playoffs. Like, Right. Okay. When you break it down, it's not terrible what he did. And then now he's got to. One of the best gigs probably ever is being a backup for the Eagles. Yeah. Which his wife specifically said is cold, but it's a good opportunity. It's like, dude, yeah. you get to chill. And also and like if Jalen Hurst goes down, it's it's the right type of offense for him to to back up. It is. It it is. And you know what's funny is I, I watched this season with my fiance and she looked at me at one point and she said, that's the best job in the planet. 
I was like, what's it that? Is. She's like, backup quarterback. I said, fuck yeah, it is. I He's said, right. Vince and I discussed this constantly. It's yep. like, literally, if you have the ability to be a backup quarterback in the NFL, sign the piece of paper. The go worst possible thing to happen is the starting quarterback get injured. <laughs> That's the worst like, thing to happen. Because then you got to go prove that you deserved it. <laughs> like, like, could you imagine that? It's like, oh, fuck. I got to go. God damn it. Dude, look at Chad Hattie's glory in this whole documentary. You're like, yeah. dude. That rocks. If I One series. Rocks, dude. One series and Andy Reid's like, we got two great quarterbacks. And it's like, no, you, you got. You have Chad. one guy that ran one drive and it worked out well. And granted, Chad, mm-hmm. he's not a good backup, but he's he's backing up like a legend already. Like Patrick Mahomes, seven years in, is already a legend. He is. No, I, I don't disagree for a second. The man is truly amazing. What he's capable of doing on the football field, reaching all the arm angles he's capable of doing, the arm strength in itself, and the pure athletic ability is truly off the charts. Guy's a genetic anomaly. I mean, he is truly amazing. Now, with that also being said, I mean, I also saw this for what it was worth, and it reminded me that if Mahomes was drafted by the Bears, because that's always the conversation that comes up. It's like, can you believe yeah. that this fucking guy could have been drafted by the Bears? A lot of people could have drafted him also. But it wouldn't have been the same because right. the system, the coaching, everything. Players around him? Exactly. It you got to remember, too, it's, it's not like it was that was like their draft pick. Like, they weren't – like, they traded up to get him. So – they were already set up in a good spot. Like Alex Smith was already playing well. Then they picked him up and they, they did it slowly. Like you get drafted to the bears. You don't have a quarterback that's worth a shit before you. And then you have to kind of get thrown in there and hope for the best. Like he was put in the best scenario and he already had Travis Kelsey on the team, which is real helpful. Very helpful. And it's kind of proving already that if Kelsey has another season, I think of the similar production that he's had over the past couple of years, uh, Greg Olson was talking about this on his yeah. podcast. Literally he is cemented That's himself as the greatest ever. Yeah. Better than Tony. So, better than Rob. Yeah. It's pretty impressive in itself. So all in all, I love the documentary to hear the fact that they're doing it again is exciting i'll be you know looking forward to it to your point it gave very early um hard, hard knocks. knocks vibes yeah but early hard knocks when it was actually really fun to watch yeah and for hard knocks this year too you see they're they're simplifying and making it a little less aggressive for the jets they're not going to show player cuts this year what yeah which i think is probably good because the guys that are getting Why? cut are i don't know they didn't want to show that was half time i think it's really good. Yeah, and I think it's good. I'm not gonna lie. That is why, such booty. Why do you have to show a six round like backup tackle getting cut? That's like never gonna be known. Like I don't know why you gotta just put that on TV. Like I I feel bad for the guy when that shit happens. Truly. If, time out though. If anything, that gives that guy far more visibility to You're know right. that other teams out there who need his services could be that. As I said earlier, and to quote Ricky from Trailer Park Boys, somebody's garbage is somebody's good on garbage. So with that also being said, that gives more visibility to this guy of what he did on film and get his name out there. So the fact that they're getting rid of that, I know some people might say, well, it's one of the most difficult moments of their lives. It's got to suck. It's got to suck, Mike. Grow a fucking backbone. You're also a professional athlete and only maybe two to four. 3% 3% of the population can even say that they even got to that level. True. Right? So take it on the chin like a grown-ass man. It could be worse. You could be selling fucking insurance. 
You know they what I'm saying? They probably are going to be if they don't get picked up again. <laughs> exactly. So, like, my point is, it's like, why in the hell? It's an element to the show, in my opinion, that brought good drama and good suspense. It's like, oh, do you think that guy's going to get cut next week? They had to talk. Like, get your shit together or you're fucking done. Yeah. Like Cairo Santos on that one year when he was. No, it wasn't Cairo Santos. It was the other guy who was, like, the phenom at Florida Eddie State. Eddie Pinheiro? Eddie Pinheiro. Yep. They were like, Eddie if you don't get your shit together and practice, dude, you keep fucking hooking them left. And you were the shit at Florida State, so fucking oh, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And then, of course, Eddie gets cut. And then he got picked up by the Bears. Dear God. Look at him go. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it brought an element to the show that was far more interesting. Now you're yeah. going to get rid of that, and it's just going to be like, oh, love fest between Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers. And look at him and look at him and little Zach go, oh. Totally. I, I yeah, hate it. I don't want to see the the sucking fest between Rodgers and Zach. Wilson. Oh, that's going to. Oh, suck. God. Get out the lotion already. It's yeah. just going to be a big old stroke fest. Yeah. Not looking yeah. forward to that. But no. either way, that's coming out soon, which means football's on the way. So thank God for that. Football's on the way. And we are in full swing here of getting into football talk. And so much so that I'm going to holster a topic for next week. Cliffhanger? Yeah. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Who's that? Cliffhanger? It's it's a term you would... No, I know. Anyways. This guy named Cliffhanger. All right, never mind. Leave me out. No, no, no. <laughs> Get me no, out of no. here. No, it's a cliffhanger of an episode, Vince, because next week we are coming back with some interesting topics in the football department, so stay tuned for that. As always, we do appreciate you tuning in week after week and following and listening and just being a part of the Taxi Squad podcast. I can't believe we're almost 30 episodes into this season, and we've been doing this now for three seasons. Yeah. Can't really believe it. It's pretty fantastic. And the growth that we've been seeing year over year is truly amazing. And that's not possible without all you wonderful people. So as always, people, you know the drill. You got to like it. You got to follow it. And then also, you got to download it, right? Do it. Download it, please. So do if it. you hit that that button that says download, we'd really appreciate that. And then as always, show your grandfather, show your father. They're really good people. They brought you into the world. You and know what's take up. Take you out of it. <laughs> Not actually. That's murder. I always think that. All we right. all had that growing up. And if you didn't have that growing up, you know, probably a good thing. You don't got probably the same type of promise. <laughs> but as always, people, we will see you next week. Peace.